0: It's officially D.C. festival season, and we're super excited about this one coming up on May 18. Africa on the Avenue is a celebration of the vibrant African immigrant community along Georgia Avenue Northwest. There's going to be interactive art installations, fashion shows, music, food, and local business stands. This one-day festival organized by District Bridges Lower Georgia Avenue Main Street Program truly has something for everyone. So I'll see you there on May 18. Go to districtbridges.org to learn more.
1: Today on CityCast DC, a decision about the new location of FBI headquarters is looming. And one place it's not likely to be, the site of the current building, which is that brutalist block on Pennsylvania Avenue. So what does this mean for downtown and for the region? We talked with Tristan Navarra, who's been covering the issue for the Washington Business Journal, and he is breaking it down for us. It's Thursday, March 2nd. I'm Michael Schaefer, and here's what DC is talking about. So tell us about why is the FBI wanting to get out of this building and what's going to happen?
2: It's been years and years that they've been talking about this move. And as this has been happening, I mean, the building is just crumbling. You can see from the outside the concrete nightmare that was designed there is all starting to fall apart. It's almost 10 years now that they've been kind of in the process of figuring this out, and it's just gotten worse.
1: So this is not just a random cityscape thing for most Washingtonians. People hang out all the time in Penn Quarter right nearby, and... The neighborhood, which is a kind of hop-in nightlife neighborhood, all of a sudden runs dead into that building, and it just dies. It's like a block killer of a building. What is the idea of what's supposed to replace it?
2: So there's the caveat that a lot of this is a few years old, but the most recent study they conducted in 2013 found is probably much better for a mixed-use development, some commercial space, some residences. The data they found in 2013 was that a a major development there of about the same size would probably bring in three times the tax revenue to the tune of like $28 million a year compared to what it's basically losing now and having a government tenant there.
1: So it would be like shops or movie theaters or something on the ground floor and then people living above it or offices above it?
2: Almost certainly. That site has been just very much, like you said, it's kind of a hole in the middle of the city for years. There's been this effort for Pennsylvania Avenue to be something other than what it is right now. So there hasn't been a lot of political willpower to see the FBI remain there, to see uh, government to continue to use kind of this prime piece of land right next to where there are so many tourists and, and where there's a very active downtown.
1: Right. You say there's been a complication with political will. And that complication got tied up in the last administration. So there was a plan that was all afoot. The FBI was going to move out to the Burbs, that space was going to be redeveloped, and maybe it was going to become a hotel. And then a guy who owned another hotel got elected president. What happened then?
2: Yeah, that's correct. Uh, president Trump canceled the search for the uh, new FBI headquarters, which by that point had been narrowed down to three sites, uh, two in Maryland and Prince George's County, and then one in Springfield in Virginia.
1: Why did he say he was canceling it?
2: Basically, he said that there was an easier plan for them to rebuild where they are right now. There was a lot of conversation that maybe that had something to do with his hotel being down the street.
1: Did people believe what he said at face value?
2: I'll put it like this there hasn't been a serious conversation among most parties that the FBI should build a new building on that site.
1: So then uh, the 2020 election happens, Trump loses, mm-hmm. Biden becomes president, and then what happens to this project and this idea?
2: Really, in the past year or so, it's been the lawmakers from Maryland who've tried to resurrect the search. The understanding around 2017, before Trump canceled it, was that was that Maryland was uh, kind of a favorite, maybe to win the headquarters because of their two sites. So uh, Senator Van Hollen started it off by introducing some language into this year's budget that required the GSA to resume the search. And through a series of things that have happened since then, GSA has basically said, "Okay, we're going to find another site for the FBI. The three sites that we were looking at in 2017 still work. Uh, We will come to you to let you know what it would cost to build these sites. Now, it's still up to Congress to decide, Okay, well, we're going to do that and we're going to build. But, you know, the Maryland lawmakers and and now the Virginia ones, too, have come together to try and get money into the next budget to start trying to make things actually happen.
1: So basically, Maryland wants it because they want to have a bunch of jobs and a new office out there. The district wants the FBI gone because they think they can do something cooler with the space. A lot of FBI agents, I assume, don't want to deal with the schlep all the way downtown and would much rather have a place they can park in the burbs. And, uh... So there's this other factor that you have turned up in your reporting, which is that that building is scary and dangerous. What did you find?
2: Yeah, well, that's the truth. We did a records request to, to get a sense for what the state of the building is. And the last inspection really found that it's alarming how fast the building is deteriorating. They're talking about exposed rebar. They're talking about electrical systems that are so far out of date that they're dangerous to operate. This entire political conversation about this building has gone on for 10 years um it seems what's pushing it recently is that they're saying, "Hey, yeah, the building's getting pretty bad." What's Have you been in the building? What's in there? What's it like? I have not been in the building. They don't let um, you in? <laughs> shockingly they won't let a business reporter in. But you see from the outside how it's been fenced off, uh, the famous story of director Ray having a piece of concrete on his desk to remind him that the building was falling apart. The building isn't looking any prettier these days than it than it looked 5 years ago, that's for sure. Right
0: everybody knows that getting that perfect mother's day gift is basically impossible but we promise mom will love this one the capitol hill restoration society house and garden tour is back this mother's day weekend on may 11th and may 12th tour nine elaborate homes and gardens and three historic buildings on capitol hill that you can't normally enter And if you can't make it, check out the Capitol Hill Restoration Society's other events like walking tours and monthly preservation cafes. You can buy tickets for the Mother's Day House and Garden Tour on Eventbrite. And be sure to follow CHRS on Facebook and Instagram at Capitol Hill Restoration DC.
1: So that building is like probably the greatest example in Washington of brutalist architecture. It's, Mm -hmm. it is, uh, you know, of its era. It's like, it's just massive and all concrete and so on. How did that happen?
2: You know, somebody uh, had the idea to try to submit it for uh, historic status. And the response as they analyzed the building was pretty hilarious. Basically, not only was it a hard no for that building to be historic, they really just bashed the entire thing. It it was designed by committee. There were a lot of ideas about it that evolved over time. You know, they said it was obsolete as soon as it was finished, but it just it, it never really Fit a lot of what the FBI actually wanted. The design was supposed to be something bold, and it turned into this big blocky mess.
1: Oh wait, just to be a skeptic for a minute, if we if historic preservation is about preserving history, isn't bureaucratically designed brutalist (laughs) failures of the nineteen (laughs) sixties a classic example of history?
2: You know what? (laughs) You know, I think that we would like to think that, and there's certainly a history of that. But you know, they they eventually decided, you know what. We can't say enough historic stuff has happened here. We can't say on the record enough historic stuff has happened here to justify it architecturally. It's not even a good example of brutalist architecture. It's just a big blocky. You know, they even said at one point, somebody said from the top, it looks like a big toilet. You know, it's it's the thing is just a mess.
1: We could probably have some better brutalism in D.C., the Metro, for instance. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you mentioned there's locations. Where where are the Maryland locations that people think are going to be the winners?
2: The first one is the Greenbelt Metro Station. Um, It's owned by WMATA. That's the metro. Yes. And it's completely basically green and ready to build on. But it's kind of in a little bit of a swampy area. There might be some issues with building there. The other one is Landover. There's a developer that owns about 80 acres, the former site of the Landover Mall. So that one also has the advantage that there's built up infrastructure around it. But the problem is it's about a mile away from... The metro station. So there'd have to be some kind of transportation situation there. Also, you're talking about a big classified building in the middle of where a mall would be. You can imagine that might be kind of awkward.
1: Although it's like, I, I my class when I was in like fourth grade took a field trip to the FBI building and my the one memory I have of it is uh, they had a gun range and we thought that was mm-hmm. the coolest thing. They, of course they would not. <laughs> just to be clear, they would not let the fourth graders fire guns. But it just seems like a weird thing to have in a city office building, and a much better thing to have if you have like a spread out <laughs> mall sized building.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's why you know the FBI has really been saying that they need a new building. Who knows all of the things that they want to have there, but having all of that right in the middle of the city it just doesn't work for them.
1: What is the Virginia location?
2: The Springfield location is a giant warehouse that the government owns just right past the metro station down there. It's actually right next to where the TSA just built its new headquarters. Now, the on one hand, the government already owns the land, which could save them $100 million to buy it. On the other hand, this warehouse is, is a giant concrete block. And the most intriguing part is that there seems to be some clandestine use going on there. There's been some inklings about what it is. The rumor is that it's a CIA facility that they use to train people to pick locks and things like that. But no one's ever been on the record to talk about what specifically is going on there and and if it's still open there. So there's this extra intrigue. We need a whole building to pick locks? apparently it's it's happening in the basement maybe.
1: right the deep state needs a home Mm -hmm. all right so most people are probably never going to be in any of these buildings but a lot of people are going to be hanging out in proximity to 935 Pennsylvania Avenue at some point in their futures that's the thing which I think a lot of Washingtonians are really curious about putting on your sort of projection hat what do you think is going to happen there
2: You know, the government tends to seek bidders for property when it wants to offload the property. So what's probably going to happen in the next couple of years, if this indeed does go forward, is they would ask developers, "Okay, who has an idea to do something with this site? What's probably going to happen is it'll be probably something big. It would probably be a new major mixed use project. There's a lot of political willpower behind that because there's been some push for years also for Pennsylvania Avenue to become more of a pedestrian more of a bike friendly kind of place so to have a giant urban center there with something cool would really just be a capstone in that
1: what do you hope to have what, what do you think that area needs
2: it needs retail it needs shops it needs restaurants it's you know, I actually took a, a scooter and, and went up Pennsylvania Avenue there, and it's, it's this wonderful, expansive street, and it's got a lot of cool history and that sort of thing around it, but there's not really that many reasons when you're on your little scooter going down the center of Pennsylvania to stop. Yeah, it's nice to watch the skateboarders at the square. It's nice, you know, to see the museums and that sort of thing, but, but you and me as Washingtonians, what do we do when we go down Pennsylvania Avenue? We're going somewhere else, usually.
1: Right, right. And that the weirdest thing is you're, you know, a, a couple blocks from Haleo. Capital One Arena is right there. And uh, it's like uh, there's a sort of psychological divide. And the FBI building, I suspect, has a lot to do with that divide. Yeah, yeah. So the government said it would decide on a new location for the FBI building by March. And it's March. What progress has been made on the sites you mentioned?
2: Well, Maryland and Virginia are having one-on-one interviews with the FBI and the GSA, which is the federal government's landlord, in late February and early March. It's the last chance for them to make their case. Virginia and Maryland have put together incentives packages saying they'll pay for infrastructure upgrades and things like that. So that helps the FBI figure out what exactly it's going to cost to build on each of the sites. They haven't been willing to talk Turkey, at least not publicly, but we're told we will know more in the near term, uh, that we don't really have a date. This basically ensures that the FBI employees, uh, most of them, are leaving D.C. But remember that the district wants to see something new and preferably more active at the J. Edgar Hoover building. And the FBI is trying to sign at least one big lease downtown that could keep at least a few hundred employees in D.C. It might be temporary. It might be long term.
1: Tristan, thank you so much for being here.
2: Yeah. Thanks again for your time.
1: And before you go, here's some quick news. Montgomery County is considering a bill that would ban traffic stops over window tinting, defective hemp apps and taillights, minor obstructions in windshields, and that kind of stuff. The goal is to reduce the huge racial disparity in who officers decide to pull over. The bill would also significantly reduce officers' ability to search cars. Meanwhile, those dulcet sounds of low-flying helicopters might, just might, be coming to an end. Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton from D.C. has introduced a bill that would require helicopters in district airspace to fly at the maximum altitude. There would be limited exceptions, including active law enforcement investigations, transporting the president and vice president, and safety. But don't ditch your earplugs just yet. Norton has been fighting this battle for a while, and it's not clear the bill will have any better luck this time. And lastly, it's official. DC's cherry blossom trees will reach peak bloom March 22nd to 25th, according to the Park Service. The warm winter temperatures made the prediction extra tough this year, but it looks like there's still plenty of time to break out that macro lens and jostle with sightseers. Peak bloom for you horticulture geeks out there is when 70% of the Yoshino blossoms at the Tidal Basin have blossomed. And here's our DC tip of the day, courtesy of Tristan Navarro. If you're a morning person, schedule flights out of national on Tuesday mornings. No lines, no fuss, just you getting to your plane on time and without panic. And that's all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend, maybe one who's really into brutalist architecture? They can rate the show, leave us a review and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye.